Occasionally, myself and our coaching staff at DadStartingOver.com, we run into a client who has issues that go beyond the scope of coaching. They may have really severe anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and this is the point where our coaches stop and say, have you spoken to a therapist? What a lot of these men say is, I've looked into it, not a lot of options in my area, it can't work with my schedule, or I have an appointment schedule, but I can't get in for another four months. In other words, the need is there. They recognize the need. They see the value in the therapy, but the options for getting the therapy are extremely limited in their area. Well, thanks to our friends at BetterHelp.com, there is an option for you. BetterHelp is a unique service that allows you to talk to a licensed therapist from your area via your telephone or your computer. You can do voice chat with them if you wish. You can email back and forth. You can text with them all on your time schedule, all from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com DSO. That's betterhelp.com DSO and get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. Hello everyone, DSO here from dadstartingover.com and I wanted to first, before we get started on today's episode, I wanted to remind you that I write books and you can buy these books from my website at dadstartingover.com books. You can download them immediately from my website in PDF format or an MP3 format or you can also buy them directly from retailers such as Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and even the audio from Audible. So thank you so much again for listening, and now on to our episode. For years now, the number one topic on my website, dadstartingover.com, has been dead bedrooms. And I've talked about it a few times on the podcast, how that topic got more traffic than any other topic on the site. Um, But uh, we have a new king of topics on the site. A post I made several months back is getting more traffic now in those few months than I got in the past several years of the Dead Bedrooms post. Yes, this one is very popular. So, to capitalize on the popularity, I thought it'd be good that we talk about it here on the podcast. Plus, it's been a while since my last uh, podcast episode on testosterone, which was also pretty popular. So, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about the topic of why did she affair down? For those that aren't familiar with the vernacular of infidelity and relationships, affair down means basically the status of your wife or your husband's affair partner is less than what you thought it would be. So let's say you have a wife who is a neurosurgeon and you found out she is having an affair with the garbage man. That would be a fairing down. Basically, I hear this from, I I would say the majority of the men that I talk to online who come to my website and say, my wife cheated on me. They say, first, my wife cheated on me. And then the next thing out of their mouth is, this guy was a real loser. And what they mean by that is, he has a horrible job. Everybody thinks he's a loser. He lives with his parents. He's not that great looking. He has a criminal record, which can all be summarized as basically this guy will never be a good provider for my wife. This guy is a terrible prospect 
for a serious long-term relationship. Why this is first and foremost on the mind of the man, the victim, if you want to call him, the guy who was cheated on, the guy who contacts me, is because this goes against a very long-held belief, whether it's verbalized or not, and this is something that generations of people, we've all come to, to expect, is that typically women will look to upgrade, quote-unquote, to a better man, if, if given the chance. And we even have a term for this in so, social psychological circles, and it's, it's a phenomenon known as hypergamy, like monogamy and polygamy and so forth. This one's called hypergamy, hypergamy. And hypergamy is basically uh, the phenomenon of women marrying or dating either at their own level, socially, economically, typically, or above their level. In other words, we often see men who will be very high-powered guys, CEOs, presidents of companies, athletes, and so forth that make millions, and no one says a thing when those guys start dating or marrying the secretary, the hairdresser. You know, socially, economically, no one raises an eyebrow at all. They just say, oh, she's pretty and she's nice. Well, duh. He obviously likes her. She likes him. So what? But when a woman is a high-powered uh, high money making individual maybe she comes from money or she earned it herself and then we see whoa she's with the garbage man everyone's eyebrows goes go up everyone says well there's got to be something else going on here um, that is an example of the phenomenon of hypergamy but what we fail to realize with the uh, with the wife that is cheating is the fact that this guy is not a good long-term prospect is not a good provider to her is precisely why she is drawn to him. He's not a dad. He's not her husband. He's not the provider. He's not the long-term relationship guy. He's her lover. And I've talked in previous podcasts and on the website ad nauseum about the difference between lover and provider. Two very different paths that men can go down in the, uh, in the mating game. Guys that go and jump from woman to woman, you know, have like a lot of girlfriends on their phone and call up different women for different dates and they don't, they don't limit themselves to one woman in a monogamous relationship. You know, you'll often hear those guys called players. He's playing the field. He's playing around and has a negative connotation, a lifelong bachelor type of guy. Well, what these guys will tell you is that there's one universal truth when it comes to women. The easiest women to pick up are married women. It sounds horrible. But why is that? Because the player doesn't have to compete with thousands of other guys at the singles bar. Tender, okay Cupid, all these others for a chance to say, will you please, single gal, go have drinks with me. He just has to compete with one man, the woman's husband. If the player catches the wife at the right time in the right circumstance it is extremely easy to push her buttons so that it activates the sequence in her mind that says okay i need to mate with this man if you want to put it in you know evolutionized evolutionary psychology biological kind of terms you know make it really technical all the man needs to do is be the opposite 
of what her husband and her boring mom life is. So if she's got a boring, sweet, great dad at home, then the dude that's hitting on her just needs to be dangerous, kind of a jerk, adventurous, and just let her know that, you know what, kids suck. Right away then, he's piqued her interest. And if the mating game continues, and he further pushes her buttons, in no time flat, the next thing you know, the woman that you call your wife just does a complete 180. Women that are in this position of being very vulnerable with their boundaries down, overcome by stress, just ready to just throw in the towel, uh, they're very, very pliable, very easy to switch. This is where you have the next thing you know, your wife is getting a tattoo. She's, she's researching boob jobs on the internet. She starts making more disrespectful comments towards the husband. She spends less time with the kids. All because one man came up to her, gave her attention, and said, you know all that shit that, that you're really tired of at home? I'm not that. I'm the opposite of that. I'm fun. And boom, that's it. It's over. So this is, you know, this is Cheating Wife 101. And basically every man that goes down this road and has his wife cheat on him with a guy like this, they all say the same thing, which is, okay, so wait a minute. For years now, this woman has been pleading with me to open up to her, to be more vulnerable, to be sweet, to temper my, you know, my sexual urges, be nicer, be more helpful around the house, be more helpful with the kids, be, try and be a better dad. I bend over backwards to accommodate her and keep her complaining to a minimum which is difficult. But then the next thing she does is she runs off and has an affair with the complete opposite of all that. And in the process, she just blows up the family. Are you serious? And to that I say, well, yeah. Because remember, this is emotion that we're talking about. This is human nature. You can't fight this. Once that switch has been flipped, once those buttons have been pushed in her brain, that the machine starts whirring away and the gears are turning and everything in her brain, all the chemicals and emotions and everything in her body screams at her, go for this guy. This is the one you want to mate with. Right or wrong, evil or whatever you want to call it, complete horseshit, I know it is, but it can't be stopped. Your wife needed to put up boundaries to her behavior so she wouldn't be put in such a circumstance. That's what mentally healthy people do. And your wife didn't do that. She put herself in position to be wooed by this guy who's the complete opposite of everything you stood for in the X number of years of your marriage. And she had an affair. Your wife probably gave you, through the history of your relationship, some pretty subversive and some overt signals and tests throughout your relationship you know complaints hissy fits she appealed to you you know to your emotions she wanted you to validate her feelings and a lot of the times these tests we call them shit tests a lot of times or fitness tests if you want to call it that a lot of these tests are to measure your fortitude under pressure and you probably failed them and I'm not going. I'm not putting all the blame for this situation on you I know I've talked about this on my site and that's some of the criticism I get is that after a guy reads an article, says, you sound like the men are to be blamed for this. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Partially to blame? Sure. I mean, we're men. We're fixers. And we have to look at 
where did this machine break down? And I think it's important to say, what was my role in this? But are you ultimately responsible for her doing this? No. And in fact, more to the point of the woman's responsibility is that a lot of women in this position where they were faring down, and it seems to happen so suddenly, a lot of these women probably have a great deal of personal baggage. A lot of them have daddy issues. They come from broken homes. Some of them may have substance abuse, substance abuse issues, um, may drink a little bit too much. It's kind of in popular culture now. I see it on my Facebook page and everything with all these uh, tired moms talking about downing a bottle of wine and they can't do anything without a glass of wine. And hey, kids, be quiet. Mommy hasn't finished her first bottle of wine for the night. It's kind of a cute little thing talking about alcoholism, but it's an issue. Um, your wife may also try and ease her anxiety through other means. She may overspend. That's a common one. We've all heard that, you know, where the wife racks up tens of thousands of dollars of credit card debt on things she doesn't need. She may do overeating. That's another common thing. You know, the overweight wife just keeps stuff in her face. The relationship sexless. The man just watches as the wife gains 20, 30, 40 pounds. At first, you know, she blamed it on the baby. But then the baby weight doesn't come off. And she keeps eating and eating. She's self-medicating, in other words. What she's doing is she's looking for that next hit of dopamine. You know, that feel-good chemical in your brain. The thing that, that is pumped out when, you, when you're in love. The thing that's pumped out when you hit that big hand of blackjack or poker or all those other vices that make you feel so good. See, the wife has never really dealt with her... Those, that baggage that I talked about, those lingering childhood issues. And so that baggage just builds and builds and builds over time. And what you don't know is through your whole marriage is that it's kind of a ticking time bomb. The baggage, I, um, I had an article on my website about baggage, all about it. And I likened it to you're in a car and you have uh, a lot of luggage in there in the car. Let's say it's just like a little hatchback and it's just jammed full of luggage and stuff is pouring out the windows, and there's so much of it that it's it's weighing down the car, and it kind of throws off the balance, the equilibrium of the car. And if you don't put your hand on the wheel at all times, the car just kind of swerves, and it goes right off the road. And you leave your hand off the wheel for just a few seconds, and you're off the road, you're flipped over, you're in a tree, everything's, you know, luggage is scattered all over the, all over the road, people are dead, that's basically like psychological baggage. You always have to keep your hand on the wheel and, and make little adjustments as you go. You know, a little turn left, a little turn right to keep you between the lines. That you do that via boundaries, putting up boundaries, therapy, recognizing your issues. And a lot of people just don't do that. And with this baggage building up and building up over time, with the poor, not a total loser husband what he doesn't realize is that he's at the epicenter of this, uh, you know, this whole mindset that the wife has, which is basically, I've just had about enough of all this bullshit. She has like a, an emotional storm in her head, the pressure, the, the husband who just doesn't get it. The, he doesn't attend to her needs. He's a pushover, but in her mind, he's also maybe abusive because that one time he suggested, uh, you know, maybe you shouldn't eat the fourth bowl of ice cream. Um, just how she doesn't look the way she wants to look. She doesn't feel the way she wants to feel. This is this wasn't how life was supposed to be, damn it. And the man is 
is at the epicenter of that. He's the one basically to blame. He is why she lost herself. He is the cause of her having to continually give and give and never receive. Again, this is all in her mind. She doesn't feel appreciated. She doesn't feel attractive anymore. She feels like a fat, doting, nagging mom. And the husband, he just doesn't get it, and he apparently never will. And she feels trapped. Now, most husbands with a wife in this state of emotion, they're not stupid. They recognize the the storm that's brewing, and they do, if they're a good husband, they do what they can to help uh, to help things out. And, um, you know, you'll often hear of the husband who goes out of his way and spends some money, let's, takes the wife away on a vacation. Even if he gives her like an all-inclusive trip to Tahiti with massages and, and all the cocktails she can handle, the wife, you know, she's still going to roll her eyes every five minutes. And she's going to complain that the masseuse is too rough, the the drinks are too weak, the sun's too hot, and she feels fat in her swimsuit. So the man just basically feels like there's really nothing I can do to, to fix this situation. And he's right, there isn't. Because there's really one remedy for this. Actually a couple. One's the hard one. One is that she does the work necessary to make herself content in life. She realizes that all of that storm that's in her head is basically in her head. And if she looked objectively at her life, she would realize I got a pretty good thing going on here. I just need to figure out what it is I need to do personally to make everything right in my head. And that may be therapy. That may be hitting the gym. That may be taking up hobbies. That may be spending more time working on the marriage, spending more time with the children, being a good mom. But all those things are tough. What's not tough, though, is talking to that lover loser at the bar with the neck tattoo who says, Hey, sexy, I haven't seen you in here before. And that is the dopamine of all dopamine hits. That is, holy crap, I haven't felt like this in decades. That is, I'm not sure I've ever loved my husband like what I'm feeling here right now. That is, uh, I just don't want to hang out with my kids much anymore. And men, you cannot compete with that. So again, this is basically female affair 101. What I'm not, what I really haven't addressed yet though, is why did she affair down? You know, why the lover loser with a neck tattoo in the bar? Why didn't she have an affair with some doctor or something? How, How does this jive with the whole hypergamy thing? And to that, I say, dudes out there with the cheating wife, I can tell you with 100% certainty, you're looking at your wife and your relationship through rose-colored glasses. Um, how can I put this delicately? Your wife is a loser. Your wife is not a catch. Did you think that she was going to be able to snag some fitness model guy? You know, that looks like he's right out of a magazine. Some genius businessman? No. Your wife isn't even a blip on the radar of those guys. They're not even in the giant book of women that they would take to bed. I'm sorry if that's insulting to you and to your wife, but that's a fact. That's reality. And what about some guy like you? You know, then why didn't she maybe affair... Um, at the same level, 
you know, why didn't she uh, have an affair with a guy like you? You know, like a good all-around guy. Why, did, why didn't you catch her with some guy who had a decent job and he seemed to be a decent guy and he had a family and so forth? And that's because the majority of those men, unlike you, have a better tuned radar. They're not going to be with a woman like your wife. A woman like your wife sets off signals in mentally healthy guys that says, stay the F away. This one's broken. They may chatter up for five minutes and then say, eh, and move on to the next one. Mr. Right for your wife is that loser. When she agreed to have an affair with the loser, that was a lateral move. She didn't affair up. She didn't affair down. The guy is on her level. Your wife is the equivalent of that lover loser. Again, she didn't affair down. She affaired laterally. She is already down there at that level of that guy. You're just too caught up in the emotion and the history that you have together to see it. Everyone else sees it but you. Going forward, after your wife has an affair and now that the relationship is over, and it is over, Make no mistake about it. Going forward, you need to understand the concept of red flags, warnings about the uh, the nature of the, your relationship with your wife, with your significant other. You and your relationship with your wife, you had lots and lots of red flags, and you ignored them. And now you're paying the price. You let your emotions, your love, your devotion, your sense of honor your vows, all of those good things you allowed to override a very natural instinct that everyone else in the world has right now in regards to your wife. Being with your wife should have resulted in a very natural aversion to her. You should have been kind of grossed out by her and her behavior. You should have been majorly turned off. At the very least, you should have said, I'm devoted to you, but we need help with your issues. And you didn't for whatever reason, whether it's fear, maybe your own issues, your own baggage, whatever the case may be, you didn't, and you're paying the price now for that. Don't do it again. All right, everyone, that was a pretty quick one today. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure and visit the website at dadstartingover.com. For those of you not on the email list, please sign up for that, and you'll be alerted when new posts and new podcasts are made. Um, Over the last couple of months, uh, the traffic to my website has literally gone up about a thousand percent, seriously. And I have a a listener and friend to thank for that, John, who uh, does SEO marketing and online marketing for a living. And he uh, clued me in on a couple little tips to get the Facebook page really blowing up and in about a month and a half have over 3,000 new um, followers on there, so that's a big deal, which in turn resulted in a lot of extra traffic to the website and a lot of extra emails. So everything is going very well. So thank you so much for that. Let's keep it coming. Uh, my goal is to get Facebook up to 10,000 followers and uh, be sure and check out the website. I have a page up um, called Stuff I Like bit of a dorky title but I couldn't think of anything better at the time but it's basically products that um, I use every day uh, books that you can read um, 
workout equipment that you can buy for your home. So there's really no excuse to not be in shape. Uh, just a couple of supplements that I use and all that good stuff. So anything, anytime I have something that uh, I think will help guys out, guys that are starting over wanting to improve things, I will put it on that site or rather that page on the site. And I also have a forum, a discussion forum that's on the site. Um, I'd like to get some real-time discussion going on between uh, readers on the site, share your story, share advice. We have uh, probably about a dozen posts up right now. That's that's something that could really take off and um, be a good help for everyone. So check it out at dadstartingover.com. Stuff I like, the new forum. If you haven't already, check out the book, The Dead Bedroom Fix. It can also be downloaded directly from the site. And if you'd like some one-on-one -on -one help, I am also available for that. Again, dadstartingover.com. Thanks again for listening. You have a great day. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self-improvement. You probably consume a lot of information, like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood, but none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, discounts on one-on-one -on -one coaching with myself and other members of the team, discounts on our video courses, and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.